Almost all of you know when you hear the phrase, it's game time. Football, it's, it's kickoff time. Basketball, it's tip-off. I don't know what they do in hockey, but they get after it when they drop that puck, right? When the gun goes off or the bell sounds, we know that that, that means it's, it's game time. It's time to get with it. It's time to start. It's not a practice anymore. It's the real deal. And I want to tell you, my first thought for you this morning, the time to start living your life is now. We, we are in game time right now. Do you know that? Your existence here on this earth, your existence here even today, this isn't a, a practice game. This isn't a, 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 a preset for the real deal. This is, this is the real life. We're going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes this morning, an unusual book, and I promise you uh, some funny scriptures later. But in Ecclesiastes, we're going to be in 12 mainly, but we're going to start in, in 11. In 11, in verse 7 through 9, it says, light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of their life. Let them enjoy life. But let them also remember there are going to be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Young people, he says, it's, a, it's wonderful to be young. And you who are getting a little bit older, we say, amen. Enjoy every minute of it. Don't you like it? God tells you to enjoy every minute of your life. Wow. Do everything you want to do. Now, we're going to qualify that. <laughs> Take it all in. But remember, you must give an account to God for everything you do. In Ecclesiastes, probably at least six, maybe seven times in 12 chapters, God, through Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived, listen to what he said, it's game time in life. It, you're, you're li- it, it's right now is, is, the, is the real deal. And the time to start living your life is not, listen, it's not, hey, it's not after you graduate from college. It's not when you get your master's degree. It's not when you get your doctor's degree. It's not when you buy that business or you get out of debt. The time to start living your life is now. And here's the next thing that goes right with this. The best way to live your life is to live it for Jesus. Game time is now. The bells rang. The guns went off. The whistles blown. We're starting. God says, live your life. If you're 18, live your life. If you're 10... If you're here this morning and you're 85, in the early service, we have young people, we have a lot more older people. I try to tell them, the time to start living is now. And the best way you live your life is for Jesus. In verse 12 in chapter 12, it says, but my child, let me give you some farther advice. Be careful, for writing books is endless and much study wears you out. Now, he's not against studying. In fact, if you read Ecclesiastes, and you read Proverbs that were written by Solomon, he encourages learning and understanding and digging into books. But what he's saying is you can chase stuff all your life and get nowhere. In verse 13, he says, but the whole story, now read all your books, but the whole story here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. I'm going to expound on this more in a moment what that means. But he's basically saying, the time to live your life is now. The best way to live your life is to live it wholeheartedly for Jesus. Graduates, I got y'all's attention this morning. I'm going to try to keep it hard. I'm going to try to. The time to start living is today. The best way to live is for Jesus. 
And that gives roll into the next point. The time to start living for Jesus. Start living for Jesus today. This is not a lie. When I was a kid growing up in a Baptist church, I got baptized as a kid. I didn't get saved. And I really thought, I'm going to party until I'm 65. <laughs> I'm, and then at 65, I'm going to realize I can't walk anymore. And then I'll get saved because it you know, won't be any sense in partying. That's silly. I'm going to prove to you it's silly from the Bible this morning. God says the time to start living for Jesus is now. Look in verse 1. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say life is not pleasant anymore. When he says don't forget God, he's not talking about a casual, just don't let him slip your mind. Basically, he's saying, man, don't never forget. Hold on to the fact that God is your creator. That God is God and you're not. Don't let it slip your mind. And he's telling those young people, just like I'm trying to tell young people in front of me today, the best decision you can make is to start living for Jesus with all of your heart today. To start living for Jesus with all of your heart today. Now, I'm going to read verses 2 through 6. If this wasn't in the Bible, you would think I'm making this up. This is hilarious stuff. It's an old man, Solomon, describing old age. And he describes it like an old house falling in. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's funny. Let's begin. It says, that this way, trying to tell you young people, start now. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon and the stars, is dim to your old eyes. And the rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding and start falling out. And before your very eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Verse 4, remember him before the door to life's opportunity is closed. It's on my death. And the sound of work fades. Now you rise up at the first chirping of the birds, but then all the sounds will grow faint. You're old and you can't sleep, and now you can't hear is what he's saying. Verse 5, remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about the danger in the streets before your hair turns white like the almond tree in bloom. And in Israel, the almond tree would bloom in January, and the petals of it would be solid white. He's saying, young people, start the day before your hair gets white. Living for God is what he's saying. I'd say to you young, young men, start living for him before your hair starts falling out. Well, you still got some of it. This verse even gets funnier. It's like the almond tree in bloom. And you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper. Isn't that a, a picture of an older person dragging themselves around like a dying grasshopper? He, Solomon would be sued today, wouldn't he? That's not politically correct. And then he says, the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Your youth minister will explain that to you more later on Wednesday night. <laughs> Remember him before you near the grave, an everlasting home when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, verse 6, remember your creator now while you are young. Now before the silver cord of life snaps, the golden bowl, which a rich person, Solomon, would have had is broken. He's talking about death. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. Solomon's an old guy talking about old people here. And he says, hey, if you're old, you start with God today. But he's saying if you're smart, you're not dragging around like an old grasshopper about to die. 
You make a decision to start living for Christ now. I want to tell you some funny old, old folks jokes. There was a lady who was 104, and they asked her, what's the best thing about being 104? And she said, no peer pressure. <laughs> Little sweet lady was going senile, and they asked her, what's the best thing about being senile? She said, I can hide my own Easter eggs. <laughs> 85-year-old man and a 30-year-old man bumped into each other in the grocery store. They were going around, boom, their carts hit together. And they could tell they were both looking off, and the older man asked the younger man, what, are you looking for something? Because, yeah, my wife went over here to the, the restroom, and I can't find her 10 minutes ago. The older man said, my wife went to go get some brand oats 10 minutes ago, and I can't find her. And the older man said, what does your wife look like? And the younger guy said, well, she's about 5'5", five, five, about 120 pounds. She's a fitness instructor, so she's very muscular. She's a part-time lifeguard. She's very tan. She's got blonde hair, blue eyes, wearing shorts and a tank top. And he goes, and then the young guy said to the older man, what's your wife look like? And the old guy looked for a minute. He goes, forget my wife. Let's go look for your wife. <laughs> a number of older men now are looking down as they don't want to laugh at that and only they'll get in trouble. Here's an older person. said, I've sure gotten old. I had two bypass surgeries, a hip replacement, new knees, fought prostate cancer and diabetes. I'm half blind, can't hear anything quieter than a jet engine. It takes, I take 40 different medications that make me dizzy, winded, and subject to blackouts. I have bouts with dementia. I have poor circulation. I can hardly feel my hands and my feet anymore, and I don't remember if I'm 89 or 98. I've lost all my friends, but thank God I still have my driver's license. Growing old, listen, growing old is not for sissies, I can tell you that. Not that I'm old, but I know some old people. But here's what God's saying. If you are the person watching on the, in the internet, or you're here today and you feel like you're the old grasshopper crawling, the time to start living for Jesus is today. You are still alive. That is the greatest understanding that God is not finished with you, but young people, what he's saying to you and, and, and you younger than these and you in your 20s, the time to start living for God is today. The time to start living for Jesus Christ is right now. Wise people don't wait till they have, have ruined themselves in many ways to come to God. Wise people do come to God, but the wisest come to the, God while they are young. And he's telling you, he's telling all of us, but especially you young people, the game clock has started. Start living for God now. And he gives us instructions how we do this. Number one, put your life under him. That's a great way of saying become a Christian. That's a great way of saying coming back to God. What do you need to do today? What do, you, what do I need to do today? To start maximizing my life with Jesus Christ, make sure I'm under him. Verse 13, this is the whole story. Here's the final conclusion. First he says, fear God. The word fear there means to hold someone in reverence or awe. And yes, you ought to have a holy, and I ought to have a holy fear and respect for God. Our country would change for the good if we start fearing God again. But I can't control this country, but I can control me. You can't control anybody else, but you can control you. The steps, to, the steps for really living for God are simple, but they're hard. Get under Him. 
Oswald Chambers was a great Christian leader. He wrote the book, My Utmost for His Highest. Many of people have read that. And Oswald Chambers said, if you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. And I think that's exactly right. Young people, if you are here today and you're not a Christian, before we leave, you need to give your life to Christ. I don't care if you've been baptized 10 times. We'll baptize you 11. You need to give your life to Christ. And you're here and you're, you're an older person. You're 20, 30, 50, 70, 80. Put your life under Jesus. Give your life to him today. And if you are a Christian, make sure that you are under the leadership of God in your life. Here's the second thing he says. Obey me totally. Obey him totally. Verse 13. Here's the whole story. Here's my final conclusions. Wisest man ever. Fear God and obey his commandments. Listen, God's given us a book. He gives us the Holy Spirit. And he says, if you want to live your life well, you want to maximize your time here on this earth, you put yourself under God and you obey him with all your heart. Hey, right in front of me, I got saved at 19, a year older than you all. If I could go back and do one thing differently from that point on, I would obey God meticulously. I mean, I would, in my, I would obey. That's where I messed up time to time. Obey God completely and totally, no matter what anybody else is doing. You, you can't say, I love God, and you live like the devil. If this isn't subjective. You, you, you can't say, no, see, most of us in here, we don't do that. What we do is we say, I love Jesus. We just live however we want to. That's a lie, too. It's just a prettier lie. If he's my Lord, he's my Lord. Amen. I obey him. I don't conform him to me. I read all churchy stuff during the week, and I'm reading uh, about a denomination. And a denomination, if you don't know, like Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, Presbyterian. So those are denominations, types of Christian groups. And this is not our Baptist group I'm talking about. But this one group, on a national level, they're having a lot of problems. And one of the, one of the groups, in my opinion, is trying to hold to the Bible And the other group is not. And the other group goes back, and here's what one of their writers said. Well, we know what the Bible says, but as we pray about this, the Holy Spirit is just leading us in this direction. Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. He's never going to lead you against it. Doesn't that make sense? Man, obey God. Put yourself under God. You're 75 here today. You go, I have blown most of my life. Man, start living it today. Start living it today. Put yourself under God and obey God. Here's the next thing. This will lead you to the life that you want. Everybody in this room, everybody that's watching on the internet, that's normal, and I know we have several not normal people here, a little humor, laugh at that. You laughed at the old people humor, laugh at the mental issue humor. But no, seriously, People who are healthy, you want the best life. You want fulfillment. You don't want to say, you know what? I hope in 20 years I'm a loser and a complete failure. And my life has not been fulfilling. We want a a life that's fulfilled. But see here, we chase the wrong things. Hey, guys, look at me for just a second. I'm telling you the truth. You are not going to find fulfillment in life and the best life by being a drunk. You're not going to find it. By being a drug addict. I promise you, if we could get somebody who'd been a 40-year drunk on this stage and they are still alive, 
and they were honest, they, they wouldn't say to you, you know what, I am so glad that I drank away 40 years. And you're not, probably not going to be a 20-year drug addict, you die. But they, they wouldn't say, oh man, I'm so glad that I just did drugs hard for 20 years. Because they that's not how you find life. That's what the world says you find life. What about sex? If you just have sex with as many people as you can, you will be happy. That's such a lie. I, 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 I watch TV and documentaries, and you see some of these old sports stars who were big playboys in their day, and they slept with all these women, and now they're old, these old dying grasshoppers all drawn up and ugly, and I'm thinking, yeah, you were a playboy at some How's that working for you today? You're not going to sleep your way to happiness. But if you just find the right boyfriend or girlfriend, you will be fulfilled, right? No. That's a supplement, but that's not the way you're going to be fulfilled. In verse 13, again, fear God, obey his commandments, for this is everyone's duty. Now, some translations say everyone's duty means it's for all of us. Some translations say this is the summation of it. This is how it all comes together. Matthew 6, 33 is a verse you need to learn. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek God first. And live according to his way, and he will give you everything he wants. Here's the paraphrase. You put God first, you follow God first, and everything else falls in line. I want to be happy. I want fulfillment. I want peace. I want good relationships. Put God first. UNICEF has been an international health organization for years. They did, and I think probably an unbiased survey of 21 of the most developed countries in the world. Countries that are... Not bad countries, uh, poverty-wise, economic-wise. And they, they tried to find out, where are the happiest teenagers in the world? 21 most developed, technologically uh, sophisticated countries. United States is number 20. England was 21. Here's what the UNICEF people said. The two countries that have the most toys, the most stuff, the most material things, the most opportunities, the young people in those countries are the most miserable. You know why? Because all the toys, all the cars, all the money, all the sex, all the, the party, and none of that is going to meet the deep need in your life. Jesus Christ will. And you're here today again, you go, well, I, man, I have blown it. I've blown much of my life. God always meets us where we are. Isn't that cool? See, all God wants you to do with the past is confess it to him, get it right, and say, God, from this point on, we're going forward. Isn't that great? Other people may not forgive you. You may have a hard time forgiving yourself, but God wipes your slate clean and gives you a fresh start today. Is that not awesome? God lets you start over. Some of you older people feel like you're, you're a failure. and God can't do anything in your life. Let me just share with you a few people Pretty successful as old geezers. George Burns. George Burns was an old crusty actor. He got his first Oscar, which is a major award, at 80. That's pretty neat, isn't it? Winston Churchill was arguably one of the greatest leaders of the 20th century. He didn't even become the prime minister of England until he was 65. That's a geezer, isn't it, young people? And his first years as prime minister, hardly successful. I mean, they're getting bombed by the Germans. It's tough. And at 70, he's able to stand up and say, we overcame the enemy. A 70-year-old was the leader of that. 
Y'all know who George Foreman is? Don't think of him as the grill guy. He's the boxer. George Foreman was a great, vicious boxer as a young man, and Muhammad Ali knocked him out, and he was never the same. Got out of boxing. He'd been the heavyweight champion. Got out of boxing. But then he comes out of retirement. This time, he's fat, and he's bald. Don't you love a fat, bald boxer? He wouldn't even sit down in between the, in the rings. He would just stand over in the corner. He was awesome. He's 45 years old. He wins the heavyweight title. If you don't know anything about boxing, that's like an 85-year-old winning a swing dance contest. I mean, that's incredible. So what I'm trying to tell you, young people, start today. Maximize your life for Jesus. Start it today. But if you have failed in the past and you need a fresh start, start over today. Isn't that awesome to think some of you older folks, a lot older than me, 55, 60, some of you 70, 80, that God's still got a tremendous purpose for your life. Is that not wonderful? Get under him, obey him. And man, this is how you'll find the life that you're looking for. Here's the last part of all this that brings it together. We're going to answer to God for our lives. You need some motivation? This is a good starting point. In verse 7, for then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to the God who gave it. Let me give you kind of a a rough uh, grave lesson. If your body lays in the grave long enough, eventually it just turns back into dust. Your spirit goes to be with God. That's the main thing. Eventually the body and the spirit someday will be reunited. God's trying to tell them they're going to die. Verse 14 God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether it is good or bad. Here's what that word judge means. It means to pass a verdict. Favorable or unfavorable. (laughs) It means to sentence. Boy, here's the great and the scary thing. God is just. I mean, God never misses it. It's not like, whoops, Josh was supposed to go to heaven, but well, we, you know, we lost one there. God always gets it right. Hebrews 9.27 is the New Testament version of this. Just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes the judgment. Young people, and I mean this with all my heart, I've known a lot of you a long time. And some of you haven't known as long, but boy, I love you guys. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope you live 85 more years minimum until you're like that grasshopper. And I'm going to pray for that. I'm going to pray more importantly that you're right with God. But you're not guaranteed, you're not guaranteed that. And, and the truth is that this time tomorrow, you and me, whoever you are, we could, we could be standing before God. Do you know that? I'm going to give you three names. You do not know these people. You may know this name, but these are not people you know. If you know these people, these are people from Tennessee in ni- the 1970s. And if you know, please come, come to me after church because we have a very weird connection that we need to uh, maximize with. Three names, Norris Morgan. He's my best friend when I was a little boy. Hilda Bertel. Paula Webb. Here's what those three have in common. They were my age, my grade. Uh, I was really good friends with two of them. They never made it to this. We were 16. Norris died from a kidney failure. First kid's funeral I'd ever been to. 
Paula was 15. She died in a car wreck. Saturday night, people were drinking. She got in the car with some older guys. They walked away. She died. Hilda, 17, died of cancer. You see, preachers tell this, and you go, oh, that's just a preacher trying to say, no, I'm telling you this because the truth is none of us know when we're going to face God. But I can tell you how to be ready for that. You give your life to Jesus right now today if you haven't. You're, you're 18, you're 88. Well, I'll wait till I'm, okay. <laughs> you, you, every time you wait, you're rolling the dice. And then you give your life to Christ and you live for him with all your heart. And so someday when you walk into heaven, first, the first thing is pass fail. Saved or not saved. And you, got the, you get the pass. Whew, that's the big one, isn't it? But then God's going to judge us on our deeds. And when you've lived for Christ with all your heart, then you'll be able to stand before God and say, God, I was imperfect. But you know what, God? I tried to live for you with all my heart. And God's going to say, well done. Come on in and let me put some rewards on you. Won't that be awesome? And it's available to all of us is what's so cool. But, but, but the Bible says, get a hold of this while you're young. Get a hold of this now if you can. How many of you know who Jerry Lee Lewis is? Nicknamed the killer. Jerry Lee Lewis is an interesting dude. He's been married and divorced seven times. He's had... Uh, very well-known drinking problems, very well-known drug problems. Shot a band member in the chest one time. Very accomplished as a musician. He, 12 gold records that cross genres from country to rock. Jerry grew up here in the gospel, but he just ignored it. He's an old man now, and in an interview recently, listen to the insight into this he was asked about death and he said I'm scared to death to die he goes I take this very very seriously that someday I'm going to stand before God and it scares me to death he said every night I go to bed and I'm scared am I going to go to heaven or I'm going to go to hell I hope somebody will get a hold to Jerry and tell him what I'm fixing to tell you you can settle that Don't wait another day. Give your life to Jesus this morning. And then you decide that you're going to live with all your heart, imperfectly, but directionally, the rest of your life for Jesus. And I want to promise you, you don't have to fear the judgment to come. Here's the scary part. It's your choice. With tremendous consequences attached to it. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, I'm going to challenge you more in a moment, but man, let's get with it today. Let's make the decisions we need to this morning. You're here and you're not a Christian. You're ready to give your life to Christ. Pray with me. Pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to turn from my sins. And Jesus, I accept your God's Son and that you died for me and arose for me. Come into my heart. And I surrender my life to you.
Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in a moment. I want to tell you, you can catch me or one of these ministers after church, and we will be happy to help you with any decision. Or you can do this. When we stand in a moment, you can respond. You just ask Jesus in your life, or you're ready to do that. Would you come today? I know it's hard. You're in the balcony. You're on the floor. You're in the back. But would you come today and cross that line with Jesus? You've got an opportunity today you may never have again. Come to today. Maybe you'd like to join our church. I, I'm never going to be pushy on this. But some of you, it's time. You need a church. You need a church to help you. We want to help you in this process. You can join after church. You can come right now. And we'll help you do that. You're a Christian. Some of you are doing great in this. You keep it up. Keep your hand to the plow and your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you're not doing well or you've had some pretty big uh, missteps. Man, today is the day. Come back to Christ. Tell Him that you want Him to be your Lord and that you want to live for Him with all your heart from this point on. Do it where you're standing. Come do it with a minister. But by all means, let's respond.